use the mic. Um, I had someone ask if we would record it because uh, they couldn't be here. So I'm just going to use the mic so that we can record. Um, I just want to do this. Yeah, we have a, a lot of people that came to me when I talked about a season of fasting after church that just said, you know, it's something God's been speaking to me, but I don't know a lot about it and so would like more information. And so I just kind of prayed and hovered over that. And, and I had, I'd already had a vision of the stations because sometimes when we get into intercession, it's easy to be distracted and not know where to go or how to flow or do all of those things. So that's the reason for the stations, just to, to help guide and direct if you need it or wanted it. Um, we had quite a few in and out today and a lot of really positive feedback, so it was really good. And we will be doing this every Wednesday until God says, okay, the season's over. Um, I have a feeling it's probably going to last through January, up to January. So I just, that's just what I'm sensing. So right now I know it'll be every Wednesday. Um, the doors will open at 6 o'clock, and the stations will be up. And you can just, we're just going to keep keep doing this. We're going to keep focusing in on prayer. Um, uh, I would suggest that it's not just a Wednesday thing for us because of what God is doing in our land. I just think there's a, there's a push for intercession and prayer right now like never be before. Um, I actually think it's always been there. It's just being ramped up because it's something we tend to walk away from a lot in the body of Christ. So um, I challenge you to adopt a street, adopt a city, street walk, and pray over it as you walk. Pray over, ask God what it, what is the strongholds in the city that I can pray against and just begin to bind in my prayer life because um, my, um, as a mom, my biggest weapon is prayer. It, it's, there's a lot of things when you have adult children you have no, no control over anymore. <laughs> and sometimes before they're adults, right? And my biggest weapon is prayer, and I know that prayer changes atmospheres, and prayer changes people. And so I, I just feel like there's just this, like, baseball out-of-the-park hit on prayer and intercession right now and incorporated with fasting. So, so that being said, I just want to know, and, and this, is, this is not a shame thing. I'm just curious because fasting is, is, not, some, it is not a strength for me. It is something that I am being challenged in all the time, and I am learning to make it part of my daily walk. So I'm just curious, how many of you have fasted before? How many of you enjoy fasting? <laughs> Hide those hands. Um, how many of you have, um, okay, I'll, I know my dad, and it's not to brag on my dad as much as I'm in awe of it. How many of you fasted longer than 40 days? Okay. What is your experience with fasting? So, Dad, you, you have the record in the house <laughs> tonight. And, uh, I, he did. It was really cool because God challenged him to fast. You know what, Dad? Why don't you talk about that? I don't want to just be the only teacher because this is a man of wisdom, and we need to start pulling on wisdom in the house. Tell us um, the call and the purpose of why you fasted, and then talk about how long you fasted and the way that God worked it out with you. Yeah, and the struggles. And your struggles as well. Uh, 
Well, it's hard for me not to eat anyway, so I love to eat. That's my favorite pastime. <laughs> I felt impressed of God to fast for 40 days <clears throat> because I was at a place in my life where I felt spiritually I couldn't really help anybody. I didn't have the power and the authority that we need in our lives. <laughs> so I said, God, go ahead. Okay. So I said, yeah, God, you're going to have to help me because I like going out on Sunday afternoon to eat with the, with the people that we go out with on Sunday. So he set up a program for me. He said that you can fast all week. If you eat Sunday, you add one day to your fasting. So it ended up being 46 days instead of 40. I think it was hard, harder doing it that way than just fasting without doing anything. But as a result of that, I'm not, <clears throat> I haven't really experienced that. Uh, I think God really mellows you out. You, your spirit's more quiet, more aware of God's presence. Uh, and just being obedient, I've wanted to do it for a long time. and I'm usually obedient, but sometimes it takes me a while to be obedient. I don't know if you know that or not. But When I was a kid, mom would tell me to do something. I'd say no. And after about a couple hours, I'd go do it. I'd repent and go do it. That's the way I've always been all my life. I hope I'm not that way with God all the time. <laughs> But I don't know, I just felt God wanted me to. I just think we're at a point and place in our lives that we need the demonstration of God's power and his authority to bring people in. I mean, the preaching is good, the witnessing is good, all that stuff is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to take, I think, more than just the norm. It's going to take the supernatural, I believe, in all my heart. Thank you. Sure. speak from the other end of it. I am horrible at it. And um, for me, like even today, it's such an incredible reminder of the passage that talks us, tells us to die to the flesh. Because um, when you starve your body and you feed it, anything like any addiction, one of the reasons why it's so hard is because you feed your flesh for so many years with that one thing. And you say, I'm done, but your flesh goes, no, you may be done, but I'm not done, and you will feed me. And I think that's the struggle of, of getting out of an addiction. And so um, that's, my, that's usually my struggle, is I realize it's, it's, uh, it, um, it reminds me how out of control I am because I don't practice controlling, and that was my conviction recently that I brought to her, and then she felt the call to do this, uh, was God convicting me in Tennessee at the conference um, because of the state that the church is in, that COVID exposed the church and all the weaknesses of the church, and because obviously persecution is being ramped up, uh, everything seems to be chaotic, um, that some one of the speakers made a comment, and it kind of goes right along with what's happening in our community, uh, we're having a revival tent meeting, you know, Krista's church sitting in right, right in front of me, her church, right, Krista? Your church leading community for unity, the tent revival. Um, and their big thing is it's revival. You can set up a tent. You can bring in a preacher. It, none of it's going to happen without intercessory prayer and fasting. Um, that's every revival that ever got launched was because someone, usually one person, decided to take fasting and intercessory prayer serious, and they devoted themselves to it. 
And so I realized, not just as a pastor, but a leader in the community, that if I don't start practicing this, it's not going to happen in our my lifetime in Dubois, in the Tri-County area. So I'm going to at least start practicing one day a week, uh, and I'm hoping it'll turn into more. That's really good. Anybody else want to share their experience with fasting? Yep, coming right over to you, Leah. The only thing I have to say about it is when you do it on your own strength, it's really hard to do. But when God calls you to do it, it's a lot easier. It's kind of funny in a married couple because she said, like, what day did you decide to fast? And I said, well, Wednesday. I mean, along with, she's like, well, you fast every Wednesday, because she, I think she thought whenever I came in to write my sermon, I didn't stop for lunch, but this needs lunch, so I always stop, I mean, there was once in a while I would get so into it, I would literally lose track of time and for, into the word that I would forget to eat, but it was more just because I was just into a zone, um, um, so I started thinking, because the devil started, like, saying you can't do it Wednesday because it's easier because you're already in the word. But I'm, and then it hit me today. No, part of fasting is you're supposed to be in your word. It's like the perfect day because I am in the word more than a normal day. And so honestly today, uh, it, it was hard because at noon I usually stop and go to subway or something. And it was really hard because I, and I had to just get my mind off of it, stay in the word. But I was just telling the pastor's cabinet at our meeting at four 30, I didn't, I, I'm at the point now where I want to I want to take the Bible and go shut myself into a cabin and just forget all of you people and just study the Word of God because it came to life today and I actually think there's a correlation, not that it doesn't usually, but today seemed to be more ramped up. I'm five pages into my sermon. I haven't even started my sermon, if that makes sense. So I think, you know, I know you'll probably talk about it, bringing the Word of God in with that. It's yeah. good. Okay, I'm going up to my seat. I want to give you a chance. Okay. Yeah, um, fasting, you know, it's funny because I haven't had an appetite in a really long time until yesterday. I'm like, I'm so hungry today, and I couldn't figure it out. And I woke up for the first time in probably two months with my stomach growling like it was starving. I went... I have had no appetite for months. What in the world? And then it hit me. Oh, it's a fast day. Of course I'm going to be hungry on fast day. So, yeah, that's that's our enemy. Fasting is really hard. And um, I, uh, um, I was up all night last night just under other things. But I... When I got in here this morning, the Lord just began to speak and download. And one of the things that he reminded me of in a song that came on um, on my phone was in the Garden of Gethsemane, when Jesus had to die to flesh in order to pick up the will of God. Like he, his, his complete humanity showed in that moment of, I don't want to do this. Is there another way? And but not my will, your b will be done. And in studying out fasting, I've studied it out a lot of times. In fact, 
Leanne gave me this book the last time I was studying out um, the book. So if you want to learn about fasting, I highly recommend um, Jensen Franklin, um, great speaker, and he is a firm believer on on fasting on a weekly basis, at least one day a week. Just and he has a ton of um, iTunes or um, iTunes or YouTube videos on fasting where he talks about his experience with fasting. Incredible, great book. Um, I'm pulling a lot from this book tonight for this teaching. Um, but in my study, I've come to realize that fasting isn't something that we're called to on occasion. I believe it's a call and a mandate from God just as much as Bible reading and prayer. And I... Um, We'll get into that in the study, and I'll, and I'll show you why I feel that way now. Um, I didn't think that before, because there are times there is grace on fasting that you can just fast. And there are times that there ain't no grace, and it ain't no fun. And it's a crucify myself. <laughs> oh, it's ugly. So I, So I'm learning. Um, but so there's reasons why we fast, right? Dad, you wanted to fast because you wanted more spiritual authority. And often that is what a lot of people want to fast. But what are some other reasons? Why do you want to fast? What is the purpose of fasting? Go ahead, Krista. A breakthrough. Yes, a breakthrough in our prayers. Yes, to see, to see an answer. Yeah, Penny. It's mm. good. Good. She said that um, that fasting allows the person that you're praying for the enemy's hands to loosen grip as the more prayers that you pray and in, pray into that. It's a it's a breakthrough for our prayers. Yeah. Yes. Spiritual warfare. Absolutely. Anybody else? Yes. Yes. Yep, it brings in focus, spiritual eyes, get focused in on Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you struggle with self-control, it's a great spiritual discipline to get self-control in line. It's, it's exactly what God used for me um, a couple years ago, yes. Anybody else? Yes, it's an intimacy. It's a bridegroom fast. It's preparing. It, it's going in deep. Like when you fast, it, and it's amazing because I think every time I fasted, that first couple, like when you first start out, it just seems like slow moving and you're not. But the longer you fast, like as the day has gone on, I just felt like I kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper, and so I can't imagine like beyond a day because I just, as the day has gone on, it's it's crazy how how deep I feel in the presence and the glory of God right now. Just just that that dive deep, and yeah, good. Anybody else? 
Um, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, it, it stirs up revival in the body of Christ, and it stirs up awakening in communities. Mark talked about that. Um, every great awakening in our nation was um, started long before it took place, and it started with people in prayer and fast. Every single one. Prayer and fasting ahead of time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't, I don't, and yeah, long time ago. Yep, yep. So if you want, you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew 6, 16. Um, and I'll just go down through my list. You, most, you mostly have said all of them. It brings deeper intimacy with God. It helps you get a better understanding and knowledge of God's perfect will. Like if you're, you don't have direction in your life, a good way to get direction is fast and pray. Um, it opens doors that were previously closed. It provides miraculous provisions when nothing else was bringing it forth. It brings favor. It, it causes anointing and power to fall on you in your walk with him. Um, it, it actually, fasting, and this is what Penny was alluding to, fasting causes God's tar to target your children for blessing and outpouring. Um, it can bring, it's a ripple effect into generations beyond you. Um, it can bring health and healing. It brings breakthrough. It stirs up revival and awakenings. It's a weapon against the enemy. It, it causes a thirst and a hunger to rise when there was previously dryness and deadness in your walk. And it causes a longing for fresh encounters to become more frequent in your life where it's like, I just can't get enough, man. That was so good. I want more. So if you turn to Matthew 6, 16, um, Jesus is talking to the disciples here and... Um, He, I guess I should have put the whole thing in there. The first, the 16? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and deceived so people admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth that it is only reward they will ever get from their fasting is that people recognize it. And so Jesus starts out by saying, when you fast. He doesn't say, if you fast or if you decide to fast. He says, when you fast. And that is when I begin to realize, oh, wait a minute. Because he also says in other scriptures, when you pray, when you read the scrolls, when you, and, and so it's a spiritual discipline that we should have as believers in our life as much as reading our Bible and praying. And unfortunately, I, I think it's, it's the foundation, it's part of the foundation of our spiritual walk, and often we become distracted from reading our Bibles. We become distracted from prayer and, and 
it may be because of the lack of fasting as a spiritual discipline. For me, I've realized and recognized that in my journey of becoming more spiritually disciplined. In Luke 5, 34 and 35, they said to him, the disciples of John the Baptist often practice fasting and offer prayers of special petition. And so do the disciples of the Pharisees, but yours eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, can you make the wedding guests of the bridegroom fast while he is with them? But, but days for mourning will come when the bridegroom is forcefully taken away from them, and they will fast in those days. And so he said that, that my disciples aren't fasting right now because I'm present with them. But a day is coming that they will fast when I'm gone. 5, 34, and 35. Mm-hmm. So that is why I believe that fasting needs to become part of our spiritual discipline. And um, Smith Wigglesworth, who is my favorite revivalist, um, my dad introduced me to him when I was really little, and I've read most of all of his books, and I'm, I'm now starting to buy my own as a gift to myself, and I just got his entire book of all his sermons he ever preached, because he is my favorite, and I love him so much. He's very radical and crazy, um, but he, he fasted every Sunday. Not more than that. Just every Sunday, that's what he would do. He just fasted and prayed, and he said that he knew it was because of the fast and prayer that he walked in the anointing that he did because he was an uneducated preacher. He was a plumber. He, he, he couldn't even read. So great, great story if you ever want to read. An incredible man of God. Great story. A little radical. I'm pretty sure if he lived today, he'd be in jail or prison or executed because of his the way that he, he revived people. Like he... A woman died, and he raised her from the dead by throwing her up against the wall. And she rose from the dead, so can't even fathom. Katie punches somebody, and I'm thinking, that's a little crazy. I mean, yeah, we could go to start going to funerals and take people out of the casket and throw them up against the wall and say, rise? I don't know. Might see more people rise from the dead if we started practicing. Just saying. All right, so fasting is not. Everybody good with, I believe it's a spiritual discipline. Anybody disagree with that? My flesh disagrees highly with that. But fasting is not just going without food. That's called dieting or starving. Mm-hmm. And fasting is not just for those in paid positions to do ministry. And fasting is not just for special occasions. Anything else you think fasting is not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More often than we do now. You know, and, and here's the thing. And I may step on toes, and I'm sorry... And I'm not, I, I don't want to shame anybody, please. And I'm not judging or condemning or anything. So don't hear me on that, okay? So hear me on that. 
I often hear excuses of why we can't fast, and they often have to do with health reasons, and I get it. But ask Holy Spirit, okay, so we have this health issue, and I can't fast, so what do you want me to do, and how do you want me to proceed? Instead of allowing that to take you out of a spiritual discipline that God wants you to have. So... He loves to give us strategy, and our enemy loves to give us excuses. And so look for the strategy instead of an excuse. No. Yes. Yes, correct. There are the only fasting that is in the Bible is related to food. But you can fast other things. I mean, our flesh craves a whole lot more in food in this day and age. I mean, I, I have an issue with Amazon <laughs> in the middle of the night with my insomnia, and I find really good deals, like really good deals, like really good deals. So I am fasting along with food Amazon right now for the sake of my marriage <laughs> and my checkbook and all of those things. Um, I am not, I, I have a few more packages coming in, but we're done. Um, so there are things we can fast that our flesh craves to kill the flesh, right? TV, phones, good golly, phones. I would love to go to a restaurant and not see people on social media and when they have people sitting in front of them one time, just one time. It's so frustrating. I'm so tired of seeing it. I'm just like, communicate with people in front of you. <laughs> Sorry, that's my rant right now. It is. It is very dishonorable. And I'm just, I am, I am tired of our enemy using that to keep us separated from the people that we live with and the people that we are having spent time with. Like, I want your full attention. I'm pointing the finger at myself. He wants my full attention. Yes, I, I'm breaking up with my phone. Mm -hmm. Okay, any more on fasting is not, because fasting is this. Fasting is refraining from food for a biblical purpose. You're fasting because there is a biblical principle that you're trying to get in your life. You're fasting for more intimacy or breakthrough. Fasting is a normal part of a relationship with God. Should be. It is. Fasting should become part of a lifestyle not something ju we just do on occasion. Uh, Jensen Franklin says, fasting is the secret source of power. And, and you know, my, my dad alluded to it a little bit, how he doesn't feel as powerful, but I think some of the times what happens is our enemy whispers, well, nothing changed, so why'd you fast? And then we buy into that instead of saying, no, this is what Bible says happens when I die to flesh. And, and we need to hold on to those truths. Um, fasting is refraining from food and spending that time and prayer and in the word of God. It, it's not just 
eliminating food or eliminating TV or eliminating those things. It's purposefully, intentionally spending time with word of God. And, and not um, one of the things I'll challenge us leaders for, because it was my conviction today, so you might as well be convicted with me, is I brought work today. Because I'm like, well, I'm fasting and praying. I'm going to work. And Jesus says, well, I want you to work. I want you to spend time with me for the sake of me, not, my, not the work that you need to get done. So it's like, okay, tell, tell me when I can work. And so we did. He talked with me about your fasting can't be so that you get more efficient in the work that you have set aside for him. It needs to be, I want to get to know you, Jesus. I, I want you to know my heart. I, I want to see your face those things. So don't have an, don't always have an ulterior motive other than in intimacy. I, I think what happens in fasting is it's a natural outflow of breakthrough without even having to seek a breakthrough because that's just who God is. He's a rewarder of those who sacrifice. He rewards those who lay aside. And so Matthew 17, 20 through 21 says, when they approached the crowd, a man came up to Jesus, kneeling before him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he um, is a lunatic, moonstruck, and suffers terribly. For he often falls into the fire, often and into the water, and I brought you to your disciples, and they were not able to heal him. And Jesus answered, you unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And in verse 18, he says, Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed at once. And then the disciples came to Jesus privately and asked, why could we not drive it out? And he answered, because of your little faith, your lack of trust and confidence in the power of God, for assurance, you and mostly solemnly say to you, you have faith the size of a mustard seed, and you will not say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it is God's will for it to move, and nothing will be impossible for you. But this kind of demon does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And so there are times that we need to go in to fast and pray before we address an issue in our lives. Um, Smith Wigglesworth one time went and he, um, he his parents, the, um, some parents came to him and said, my boy is sick, he's dying, will you come heal him? And he said, go home, do these things, and then I will come. Well, they never did the things, and so finally he showed up at the door and said, why didn't you do these things I asked you to do? You should have done this so that I could have gone in and healed them, but because you didn't do what I asked you to do, I'm going to have to go pray and fast, and then I'll come back. And they said, well, don't bother. He's, he's almost dead now. And he's like, no, I'm going to go fast and pray, and I'll be back. So he had to go and fast and pray before he could go and pray for the boy because he knew in his spirit that, that it would require fasting and prayer before healing the boy, and the boy ended up getting healed. And so there are times that we, God does call us to fast and pray before handling a demon. So, anything else on what you think fasting is that I missed? Or want to expound on, yeah. Here, I'm going to have you put that on recording because it's... He loves scripture. 
Um, so when you were talking about when you would come in to do work and God was like, hello, I don't think so. It reminded me of Isaiah 58 and it talks about true and false fasting. And, um, and they say to God, why have we fasted and you have not seen it? We have humbled ourselves and you've not taken any knowledge of it. Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure and you oppress all your workers. Um, and then, it, and then, he, and then, he, and then God's responding he's saying, fasting like yours this day will not make your voice to be heard on high. Is this the fast I've chosen for a day for a person to humble himself? Is it to bow down his head like a reed and to spread sackcloth and ashes under him? Will you call this a fast? So he goes into what a fast is and how it is that humbling and like we don't get to seek our own out of it. Like fasting really does have so many beautiful benefits. But if we fast only for the benefit, we miss the point. It's that whole like seeking his hand instead of his face. We have to seek his face in order to see his hand, but you can't seek his face to see his hand, if you know what I mean. So good. So, so good. Wow. Hmm. Any more on what it is and what it's not? Because I'm going to go right into how to fast. You know, it's easy to talk about, oh, I need to do it, so I'm going to give you some tools on how to, how to do it and what it requires. So to fast, you may have to dethrone the king's stomach of your life. And that is a quote by Franklin. He says, to fast, you have to dethrone king's stomach. Um, and he goes on to talk about how much stomachs were an issue in the Bible. And so, let me ask, how did Adam and Eve fall? What? They ate food. How did Esau lose his birthright? Food. The Israelites were fed manna from heaven, which caused their bodies to have perfect health. And yet, what did they do? They wanted something more because they were tired of the food that they were given. Um, in fact, he goes on to talk about this. It says, the Israelites had manna in the desert, a heavenly food provided them every day, a food that caused them to live without sickness and disease, and yet they were not satisfied. They gave in, in, in numbers it says, they gave in to their intense cravings. Why don't we fast? Intense cravings. <laughs> like, I haven't eaten chocolate in forever. All I could think about today was chocolate. Intense cravings. Do you know that, um, let me read part of this Numbers chapter in 11. It's Numbers 11, verse 20. But a whole month until it comes, okay, so this is God's response to their intense cravings. Uh, Jesus sometimes, God cracks me up. I mean, I don't like it when he handles me this way, but he, he makes me laugh. So listen to this. So the manna was like a seed, and it looked... I'm not going to go there. The people went about and gathered it and ground it into mill and beat it into mortars and boiled it into pots and made cakes with it. And it tasted like cakes baked with fresh oil. And when the dew fell in the camp at night, the manna fell with it. 
So the, the people consecrated yourselves for tomorrow. You shall have meat. This is Jesus now. For you have wept in self-pity in the ears of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For we were well off in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. And you shall eat not one day, nor two days, nor five days, nor ten days, nor twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out of your nostrils and is disgusting to you, because you have rejected and despised the Lord who is coming among you, and have wept in self-pity before him, saying, Why did we get out of Egypt? Therefore, the name of the place was called Kerboth. Kabroth Hatavaha, I don't even know. Because they were buried, they buried the people who had the craving. And what happened is they died in that place. And the name of the, the place in English means graves of lust. And so our stomachs is often our biggest enemy when it comes to discipline with God. And that's why I say it is really important to, and, and think about it. The enemy can twist this on those of us who struggle with the eating disorders and that and use it a, as a weapon against us. So it's so important to do it in a godly, biblical way. But do you know that God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for their sin, and one of their sins listed in Ezekiel 16 was gluttony. So our stomachs are a problem. (laughs) I love it. In um, Ezekiel 16, 49 through 50, in the message, it says it this way. The sin of your sister Sodom was this, she lived with her daughters in the lap of luxury, proud, gluttonous, and lazy. They ignored the oppressed and the poor, and they put on airs and lived obscene lives. And you know what happened? I did away with them. (laughs) So when we look, do you know what one of the biggest health problems in America is? Obesity. And we wonder why we have so much darkness. We have no self-control, not even in the church. To fast, we must choose to dethrone the dictator within us. There are promises and promised lands that God wants to get us to. But for that to happen, he must be the throne. He must be king of the throne of our hearts. So we must pick up the cross and choose to die like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Anything else on the throne of our heart with our stomachs and the things that keeps us out of a spiritual discipline with God? God bless you. Yeah. Yes, like if it's your phone. But most often what keeps Americans 
from fasting is the thought of going without food for any length of time. Like I have gone without food when I was at Hannah's taking care of the kids for days and not even recognized that I hadn't eaten, never even thought about it because I was so busy. But the moment I decided to enter into a season of fast, I'm hungry and I haven't been hungry in forever. Like cravings like nobody's business. It's amazing. So on a positive note, there were a lot of people in the Bible that fasted and succeeded. And so I want to share that before I talk about the different types of fast and how to go about fasting uh, realistically. Moses fasted for 40 days when he received the Ten Commandments. What would you think would have happened if the people were fasting with him instead of distracted by their own lusts of the flesh? Because he came down and they had already started, they made an idol to bow down to worship because he was up on the mountain with God way too long. Just a thought. Joshua fasted for 40 days as well. Esther if you know the story of Esther, um, she fasted. She called a, a fast for her people because she was about to go to the king who was about to deliver, to get rid of her people, to kill out her people. So she called a three-day fast, and it's found in Esther 4 through 7. Hannah fasted for a child in 1 Samuel 1. Daniel did a partial fast for 21 days. Paul fasted one time for three days and one time for 14 days. Peter fasted for three days, and Jesus fasted for 40 days. There are many more. They're just the highlights that I pulled. But Judah fasted, Ezra fasted, the people of Nineveh fasted, David, Anna, Job, they all fasted. When we eliminate food from our diet for a couple of days, your spirit becomes and this is why you can hear clear, decluttered by the things of the world and you become very sensitive to the things of God. David hungered more for God than he did food. And he talks about that in, his, in the Psalms. So, moving on to types of fasts that are listed in the Bible. And I really, I really think that's where God wants us to get to, is that, God, I, I just want more of you than anything else. You matter to me more than anything else in my life. Bottom line. So there's an abs it's called an absolute fast, and this fast is from food and water, which you can't do for a very long period of time. Um, they actually said, I think it's like three days that you shouldn't go beyond three days with that type of a fast of food and water. Um, there's called, it's a normal fast, which is no food for however many days God calls you to with lots and lots and lots and lots of water. And you can, um, and if it's over a week, you should probably incorporate like chicken broth um, anything like that just to help keep your strength up. And if you struggle, struggle with like any blood sugars or anything like that, 
it's okay to do like um, juices, clear juices or shakes or anything like that. Listen, it's not the how as much as the why in our heart that God cares about and in our obedience to it. So like my dad, God knew he, my dad didn't want to get up, give up his Sunday community days with the family, this body. And so Jesus worked with him and gave him a strategy and say, every meal that you eat, add a meal to the end of your fast. And, oh, add a day to your whole fast. So he called him to 40 days. He went 46 days. God, God just wants obedience, and he will work with you about the details. That's the beauty of our God. He'll grow you and stretch you in those things, and he'll call you higher every time, a little more. But, um, and then there is a partial fast, which is giving up certain foods and drinks for an extended amount of days. Um, Daniel fast, which we have done here for 21 days was just veggies, fruit, and water. Like there was no seasoning. He says, I give up anything that tasted good. <laughs> like, like it was bland. Um, and so you get to choose with Jesus what kind of a fast he calls you to, how often, how frequently, those things. Um, I, I will tell you, I've, I have done seven days um, normal fast, and I've done the 21-day Daniel day Daniel fast a couple of times. I don't like the Daniel fast at all. Like, oh. I just, it takes me a long time to eat veggies and fruit afterwards. Like, I just want meat for a really long time. It's not just a Daniel fast. God can say, I want you to give up meat for the next 21 days. I want you to give up chocolate. You know, it, it, that's what you work out between you and God. But what's listed in the Bible is, is the Daniel fast. So it's just, a, it's called a partial fast. And Alan was telling me uh, last night that there was a, I don't know if it was a YWAM or just some, some, some guy in order to join his ministry. So this mm -hmm. isn't about like what mm -hmm. to take or whatnot, but more the timing. He would, he would make everyone fast every other day mm -hmm. in order to join his ministry. It was like some traveling ministry or something, mm -hmm. some big guy. Um, another one that he heard about, they would have to fast one meal a day. Yeah. Every day, one meal a day. And and people just started, their health started to change. They started, mm -hmm. the, the benefits of it was just incredible, physical benefits. Mm -hmm. And the spiritual benefits because it, it's creating leaders who are spiritually disciplined in spending time with Jesus and they're getting to know him quicker, faster, because there's something about the sacrifice piece. You know, it's the whole morning worship thing. When you guys did morning worship there, you were sacrificing a lot to get up early. I was up early this morning and I didn't go to bed and I, it still killed me to come down here early. But, but God honors sacrifice. He's a rewarder of those who sacrifice. That's, that's a promise. It's a kingdom principle. And, and there's something that takes place that when the sacrifice is great, that God honors greatly. So, I, there was a hand. Yeah. I just to say, I did do a 40-day fast one time. Um, I don't know why God called me to do it, but I did it. And I was, I only thing I had, I never ate food, but I had um, tea, orange juice, and tomato juice. That's what I had. Wow. And well, on, on top of the, of the water. And um, mm -hmm. I didn't 
didn't. I mean, I didn't do it for weight. I didn't do it for anything like that. I mean, and I only lost like eight pounds in that 40 days. Mm. And it's because, I still believe it's because God was protecting me from that because I really couldn't afford to lose it well back mm -hmm. then. Mm -hmm. You know, but yeah. it's, I felt better. Yeah. I just felt clearer. Yeah. And I mean, and I worked the entire time through it. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of an amazing thing. And I've been wanting to get up enough guts to do it again. <laughs> it's like my stomach. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> yeah, that's so good. Um, a lot of people say the Daniel fast doesn't work for them, but I'll tell you it worked. I just didn't like it. I mean, when's the last time Michael showed up for you <laughs> and he did a partial fast. So whatever God calls you to, he meets you there. Something I've learned recently is that when I go hunting, I don't take any food or water, and I don't get hungry. Do I get home and eat? Not that I get really hungry then. I've worked at Passmark a couple times, and when I'm working, if I can't, I don't even think about food, but I don't even get hungry. I, we eat at lunch, but I'm not hungry. I think, I think maybe there's a key there that we concentrate on you know, God and the Word of God and don't think about food at all. You won't get hungry. Mm -hmm. I don't get hungry not much. Not like six days, seven days now. Mm -hmm. I go all day long without well, food or water. I don't get hungry. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I actually said, I wish that when I'm in a fasting season, I could become a monk. and Or go to um, the Catholic um, campground offered me to come up to their weeks, weekend or a week of silence, which I want to do one time where you, you don't talk, but you eat, but I would love to just go
go someplace and hide for 40 days, and I think I could do it because spending time in here on and off in prayer, I did take a nap because I was up all night. Um, but when I came back, I, it's the same thing. I, I never was hungry because I was just so focused in on Jesus that I never even thought about food. Like after the initial waking up starving, you know, once you get in and really focus in on him, you don't. And it's the same thing. Like we could, I was working with my granddaughters, never even thought about their food, couldn't even remember the last time I'd eaten because you get so busy. And it's the same thing. When you get busy with Jesus, those things just disappear. The world disappears. Anybody else? So I just, I, um, Jensen goes on in his book to share that Esther, 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 Esther fasted to seek God's favor in times of crisis. That was her purpose of fasting. Daniel fasted, um, um, for understanding to a vision. Um, in Leviticus, it talks about a consecration fast. And in Jeremiah, the same, the fast brings about consecration and self-examination. And, and I really think that's, that's a part of a, like a one-day fast. Man, there's just, there are things in my life that it doesn't matter how hard I strive, I'm still struggling. And I just feel like today there was a lot of ripping out of my heart just by being with Jesus that he just started like cleaning it out. And it was just really, really good. So I just think that is um, really key to that. And um, in Judges 20, there was a fast that allowed you to become battle ready. Mark, there's someone here. Yeah. Um, battle ready fast. Um, and it's, it talks about in Judges 20, never go into a battle without first fasting. Um, never expect to walk into expansion to do great things for God or start a new initiative plan that launches you out or expands your business without putting a day of fasting behind it. And this is all from his book that he, he highlights. In um, 1 Kings 21, it's called a lifting of judgment fast. When you fast and pray for someone else who has judgment on them because of their sin, you can lift that judgment and give them more time for God's mercy to do a work in that person's life, which is the, the fast that Penny brought forth. Um, in Isaiah 58, it's a fast for healing. And uh, the Matthew 4, 
40-day fast with Jesus. It was called a dominion fast, which caused him to walk out in the authority that he had. So those are the different fasts that are listed in the Bible. Yeah. One thing I've noticed today when you were saying how you felt different, um, for over a week now, I've been fighting depression, which is very unusual for me because I don't usually get depressed very easily. And, um, but a lot's been going on with the family, my grandkids and sisters and just different things. And so I've been fighting that for a whole week. And then today when I started fasting, it was just seems like it just all mm. lifted. Mm. Like I don't feel that, that mm. body. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing what a fast can do for us. Anybody else? Because now I'm going to go into the nitty-gritty of tips just to help you through. Then I'm wrapping it up. You good? I'm sure you could. I don't know. But that's... Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. It's, a, it's in honor. I, I think fasting is honoring God with our life. So, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Right. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. Anybody else? All right. So when you fast, he suggests, because he fasts a lot. I, I didn't get the statistics of how much he fasts. He fasts a lot because he preaches a lot on fasting and they actually start the year the new year as a church-wide fast and he's really he's really big about his leaders fasting as part of part of being a leader in the church so um when you start it doesn't mean when starting if it doesn't mean anything to you it won't mean anything to god either so what is your goal and he, he suggests lay out your goals. He said it's good to have goals for fasting. What is the purpose? I want more intimacy. I want lay those out and make sure you're journaling about them. Because what it means to you, it means to God. He meets you at, at what you want. And, and so if you're doing it just because there's a call to it and it doesn't really mean anything to you, he suggests that it doesn't mean anything to God either. So make it mean something to you. Have goals, set, set goals. Um, for a long fast, he says if you're going to do more than a week, he says on the first day, try and drink a gallon of purified water because it flushes out toxins and poisons from your system that actually help with the cravings and um, any illnesses or anything like that that your body's trying to fight. So he says it actually flushes your body, but it has to be, purified water. It can't be anything but purified water. Um, spend lots of time with God in prayer. Lots and lots of prayer. And he says prayer a lot. <laughs> so spend a lot of time in prayer. Um, he said prepare before you're going to do an extended day of fast. Shop and prepare a space to set apart for prayer. Because if you don't prepare for it, it'll come up on you and you get distracted and you're not being intentional with your fast. You're just fasting to fast more than being intentional. So set a a place aside. 
Um, I will tell you, coming here today on like meal times really helped me be intentional with my fast. Sometimes at home, I'm really distracted with the busyness of what I have to do that I lost sight. So even like if you're fasting on your lunch break, go somewhere and spend time in prayer so that it becomes more intentional and you become more focused of why you're fasting. Um, don't eat a ton of food the night before you fast. He says, prepare by slowly cutting back to reduce your intake prior to fasting. Um, when you come off a fast, are, we often jump into full food. He suggests going slow once you come off an extended amount of fast. And he said, journal, journal your way through your journey, your conversations with God, um, your visions, your prayers. It's really important that you write down your prayer re request ahead of time. This is what I specifically prayed for so that you can go back and mark this was answered, this was answered, this was answered, this was answered, because it builds up a testimony and it causes someone else's faith um, to rise when you talk about those testimonies. Hey, when I fasted, these are the answers to prayers that I received. So, anything else anybody wants to add? As, as the church-wide call to fast, do whatever God calls you to. There's no, we're not going to say this is what you have to do. Do what God calls you to do. And, and here's my challenge. This is my personal challenge. If you've gone seven days, go eight or seven in a meal. Stretch yourself. Dig into doing it longer. Dig into, I want to get a little better at this, God. Grow me in this area. So, okay. So we will set this back up. It'll be open. We had people come in and out. It was beautiful. Um, I wasn't here. There were people that I had gone home for a nap, but it was fun to come back and go back through the stations. And like, um, we have a place for prayer requests back there. So I'd pick out the prayer requests that I didn't pray over. And it was just fun to watch people come in and be wrecked by Jesus. And honestly, sometimes when I lay things out, I'm like, well, this is kind of foolish. Do we really do this? In fact, when I was setting up, I think I said, is it too dumb? Is it too childlike? like, oh, the, the tree one. I was like, is that kind of silly? It's like an elementary thing. But I was wrecked writing that today. So I was like, okay, Jesus, this was you. It wasn't my imaginary, playful, fun thing to do to add something fun to it. And so it was fun to see people get wrecked at each station and different stations hit different people. And so we will have them back up. You don't have to utilize them. They're just there if you want to utilize them. And I used them a couple of times today and it was fun. So... All right, I'm going to close this in prayer if all hearts are clear. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you that you are a God of revival. God, that, that your whole purpose for Jesus was revival. He wanted your church to be awakened to, to you and your kingdom. And you wanted the world, the lost, to be awakened to you and your kingdom. God, so let us not lose focus that you are all about revival. God, and that, that the heart of this fast is that you will revive your church. God, that you will revive us, your children. God, that you will revive our community. That there would be an awakening to the goodness of a heavenly father.
Jesus, we just, I just pray over the tent meeting this weekend, God, that you would show up in supernatural, beautiful ways. God, that you would supersede man's agenda, that you would supersede the enemy's agenda, God, and that your agenda would rise to the surface and be presented for us. God, that your will be done this weekend. God, and I just, I just thank you that you are on the move in our land and we get to partner with you. God, you are co-laborer and you love to co-labor with us. And, and it's a reason for fasting is, is we get to co-labor with your plan and your agenda in our lives, in our breakthroughs. God, so we just praise you for that. Um, may you get all the glory and the goodness that your name deserves. And may you be made famous in our land. And Father, let the rivers of you flow out of us to affect and affect our community for you, God. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Have a great night. Thanks for coming out and enjoy your fast.